G'day, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation, and welcome to episode 49 of the WP Elevation podcast. We are just one short of a half century. This week's feature guest is Mason James from WP Valet. And if you're interested in building a business that makes a profit, Mason has got some awesome advice for us in this episode. You know, one of my mantras here at WP Elevation, and one of the things I talk about with our members all the time is, the way to build a profitable business, a successful business, is to work out the value you add to your customers, price that value accordingly, and then optimize your processes internally so that you can deliver that value at a profit. Write it down, print it out, stick it on your wall, and live by that mantra. And Mason teaches us a whole bunch of really cool stuff in this episode about how he has gone about doing that with WP Valet. WP Valet are in the premium WordPress maintenance and support space, but they do a lot more than that. They also do custom development, and it's been an interesting journey to see how these guys have evolved in the short two and a half years, I think, that they've been going. Uh, All right, Uh, also we're giving away a copy of Seth Godden's book, The Dip, uh, in this episode, so stick around for details on how you can enter that competition. And just like Antonella, who won the competition from episode 42, uh, you too might be able to win a prize. Antonella picked up a copy of Natalie MacLeese's book, jQuery for Designers, as well as a copy of Julia Cameron's fantastic book, The Artist Way. So congratulations, Antonella. Uh, so stick around for your details on how you can enter the competition to win the dip by Seth Godden and More importantly, stick around and learn lots from Mason James from WP Valet. Stay with us. Let's elevate. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. This episode of the WP Elevation Podcast is brought to you by Bluehost. Bluehost have brand new, brand spanking new out-of-the-box managed WordPress hosting services extremely price competitive and highly geared specifically for WordPress web hosting. So if you need somewhere to host all of your client websites, check out wpelevation.com slash Bluehost and uh, go on over to Bluehost and get some managed WordPress hosting from the guys at Bluehost to do a great job. All right, my elevation tip this week is have a look at your business and ask yourself an honest question. What is the one part of my business right now that is leaking Think of it as a series of water pipes connected together. If you pour water in the top, where is that water leaking? You know where it's leaking. Listen to that quiet voice in the back of your head that keeps telling you, you need to fix this, you need to fix this, you need to fix this, and make some time to fix it. So have a look at your business and ask yourself, where is my business leaking? And then go about fixing the leaks one at a time. You can't fix all of the leaks straight away. Just fix one leak at a time. And usually, the best place to start is to find the uh, leak that is leaking the most water. If you fix that leak, then you move on to the next one. And new leaks will appear. Uh, Trust me, as you fix one leak, new leaks will appear. But hopefully, if you just fix the biggest leaks one at a time, your business will become more optimized and more profitable. And that's what this episode is all about is how to optimize your processes internally and how to build a team and how to put metrics in your business so that you can build a sustainable business. Mason says something fantastic in this episode. He says, we know that a client is not right for us if a client contacts Mason. If a client gets to the point where they're contacting Mason, then they know that the client is just not a good fit for them and they fire the client. I love it. It's fantastic. This episode is full of gold. Mason James, of course, is from WP Valet. They are a premium WordPress support and maintenance company. 
They also do custom development. Uh, they usually work on monthly retainers with their clients. Uh, so you might be familiar with WP Curve or Maintain or WP Sitecare. These guys have a slightly different model. Uh, we're going to learn more about it uh, without further ado. And, and by the way, you could win a prize. That's right, I am still giving away prizes. Thank you, Matt Medeiros from The Matt Report, who tried to give away my house and my car and my life. Um, I am still giving away prizes. This week, we're giving away a copy of The Dip by Seth Godin, which is a fantastic book. So stick around for all the details on that. Uh, right now, let's go and meet Mason James. G'day, Troy Dane from WP Elevation, and I'm very excited to have with me all the way from Tampa, Florida, Mason James from WP Valet. Hey, man, how you doing? Doing really well. Thanks, Troy. Glad to be here. Awesome. What time of the day is it where you are, just to give people some context? It's 6.50 in the evening, almost 7 o'clock. Okay, cool. It's 10 to 9 here Friday morning. Uh, so we're doing this weird kind of time zone thing. Uh, for those yep. that don't know, Mason James is from WP Valet, which we're going to talk a lot about uh, in this interview. And uh, oh, by the way, what's your favorite book right now, Mason? What are you reading? What's really floating your boat? Um, probably uh, The Dip oh, yes. uh, is, is a fantastic book. Um, and I forget the author's name. It just escapes me. He's ridiculously famous. It's, uh, is Malcolm Gladwell? No, no, he's the tipping um, point, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, and the, another great one is the pumpkin patch, uh, or the pumpkin plan. Yes, uh, is another great one that I think I read through once a year. The pumpkin uh, plan, and oh, who is the dip? It is Seth Godin, of course. Yes, it's there Seth you go. Godin. Yeah, I, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, here's the competition. I'm giving away a copy of The Dip by Seth Godin, which is a fabulous book. I can't believe we didn't remember it with Seth Godin. Uh, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm right. reading a lot of Malcolm uh, Gladwell at the moment. I got it confused with, with uh, Malcolm Gladwell, who's also awesome. But we're, I'm going to give away a copy of The Dip by Seth Godin later on in the interview. Stick around for details on how you can enter that competition. All right, before we start talking about all things WordPress and we start geeking out about WordPress, tell me, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um... Well, probably like all kids, I wanted to be a rock star president of the United States slash superhero. <laughs> uh, you know, just slightly ambitious. Yeah. Uh, and you've managed to achieve all three. <laughs> and Right. And so look at me uh, living the dream, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I had any occupation. I just I always knew I wanted to do like awesome stuff. Right. Uh, no particular job. Did you, did you really actively wanted. pursue being a rock star or a politician? Uh, I do play guitar oh, cool. and, uh, I took like 10 years of piano, classical piano. That's not quite rock star level, but, right. uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So music, I guess. Awesome. There's lots of musos in the WordPress space. Like there are, yeah, we should, I'm, I'm totally up for like press jam sometime. <laughs> like we <laughs> can even a lot do it like via a live stream Google hangout or something. I'm sure we can make it work and just get on and, you know, write the WordPress theme song. That'd be fun. Totally. Oh, uh, I you don't know how many times I've actually thought like sometime I'm gonna bring a guitar and that's gonna be my opening to a WordCamp talk will be to like do a song and and one day I'll have the guts to do it. But awesome. uh, yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. When did you discover the web? Uh like my my dad always had computers growing up. We had eighty eighty eights before there were you know Intel's or Pentiums or anything like that. Uh, so we always had them in the house, and I actually. Networked some computers in our house with coax cable before there was Ethernet or anything and maxed out like 10 of my parents' credit cards on AOL discs. So like right right when it was you know becoming popular, I was there and in it and totally fascinated uh, and hooked from like you know 12 or 13. 
what was it about it that what was it about it that fascinated you and that kept you tinkering? Well, I think I think I liked that there was a lot of logic to it. So there was so much to learn, but it was learnable. So that was pretty exciting. Mm. And then just the idea that I was, you know, connecting with people that I would never be able to connect with otherwise. And it could be a complete stranger and mm. you, you start to get to know them. And uh, yeah, the whole the whole thing really fascinated me, both from the technology and the underpinnings and the hardware uh, to the connections that you made with with different people all over the world. Mm. Were you were you one of those guys that was like into the 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 chat rooms and like learning by asking other people? Um, not so much chat. I I definitely I learn a lot by reading and so like articles or tutorials, that kind of stuff. Um, uh, I think I learn better just at my own pace and direction without you know a lot of questions. But but definitely you know there there was a part of that as well. I think probably online forums. Yeah. Uh, were, were a big way that, that uh, I taught myself. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you saw the WordPress dashboard? <laughs> uh, the first time probably would have been around 2.1. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, uh, I had just played with it. I really wasn't doing it for anything other than just, oh, this is kind of neat and interesting. Um, and I think shortly thereafter I abandoned it. Uh, for a few years before I came back to it and really, oh, really? Kind of went, oh, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. What were you doing in those few years when you abandoned WordPress? Were you off kind of playing with Drupal or Magento? Or- <laughs> no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't actually web related. Oh. My brother and I had a video production company oh. and we did like camera rentals and uh, some local commercials and things like that. And we did that and then kind of uh, came back to web because people wanted their videos online and something in the back of my head went, oh yeah, I remember this thing, WordPress. And uh, went back to it, started setting it up again, and went, wow, this is really easy. And uh, yeah, went kind of just dug right into it from there. And did you, at what point did you think, okay, this is something that, that I can not only do for our own projects, but this is something that we can do for clients? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, was, I was there working in a studio, and these guys were doing real estate commercials, and they're just churning out these videos of the property, and they needed uh-huh. a website for it. Uh-huh. And I think I downloaded a, probably illegally some theme that was not for <laughs> WordPress. It was just like some static HTML uh-huh. files, and I like hacked them together and turned them into a WordPress theme. And I was able to do that by following along with tutorials mm. by people that, that I was following online. And the fact that I could do that and it became a workable like site and an actual theme that I could activate, I was like, oh man, this is yeah. fantastic. And uh, I don't think that that site is online anymore, thank, <laughs> thank God. But uh, yeah, that was, that was it. That was, it was a project that you know one of the guys in the studio had for a client. And I said, yeah, I think I can do that. And took it on as a paying gig and, and actually got it done and got paid. And so uh, began to pursue that more and more from there. Yeah, awesome. Uh, thinking about WP Valet, how do you describe, and, and kind of thinking about where you sit in the WordPress space now, how do you describe what you do in one sentence? When someone meets you for the first time and they say, hey, Mason, what do you do? What's your elevator pitch? Uh, I would say it's changing all the time. But probably right now it is intelligent, data-driven development and support services. Um, so I think, I like I, and I, yeah, I, one of the things that we've found, that I've found, is that uh, with an actual business, so not necessarily a mom and pop site, but with a site that's generating an income online. There's a lot of things that they need to take into consideration. Uh, 
and a lot of things maybe that they want to do that that aren't actually that important to their business. And so our approach is really to understand the company inside and out that we work with and understand what their business model is and then use that to decide what sort of development do they actually need, what really makes sense, what's going to give them you know, an ROI, a return on their investment, mm. um, and use that as you know, how we approach development, how we approach support services that they need each month, uh, and how we create our plans for our customers. Mm, I like it. Um, I like there's a there's a real differentiator in there that it's that it's intelligent and data driven development. So we're not just throwing features at it for the sake of it, but we're throwing features at it that are, that is going to have a measurable difference to your bottom line. Exactly, exactly. Uh, as an example, uh, we have one of our clients that's it's, it's a blog, but it's very popular. It gets around uh, four hundred thousand visits a day, right? Wow. And their revenue is completely based on ad impressions. Mm. That's where they get the revenue from is from Google, you know, ads. Well, they don't show ads on their mobile site. And we found that 60% of their traffic was mobile mm. and they're not showing any sort of ads to them. So just by review of how they made money and, you know, looking at their site on, you know, an iPad and on an iPhone, we went, whoa, you're missing 60% of, of your market. So, you know, authorize this bit of development for us to put, you know, together a responsive theme that's going to look great on mobile and show those ads. And you're immediately going to see a huge uptick in your revenue. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, so that's the kind of stuff that, that, uh, that was an easy win. Uh, some of them are not that cut and dry. But uh, yeah, that's the kind of approach that we like to take um, to actually, you know, find out what's going to really benefit the site as a business, not just because we think it's a best practice or because we think this would be fun to do. Yeah. And, and what, what, what kind of got you to the point where you were having that conversation with, with uh with customers like why did you you know because it's a different these are difficult conversations to have you have to actually yeah. do some work and dig into the client's business and the client has to trust you what got you to that point where you thought we need to start actually digging into the data and making some intelligent decisions rather than just doing what we think might be a good idea yeah well i think uh, several things i think one just having been doing this for a few years now um we quickly saw with our customers, uh, and it, and it, you know, I mean, almost from day one, where you start working, we thought, okay, we're going to be WordPress support, we're going to do updates, we're going to do backups, we're going to provide security sweeps, and we're going to be there to answer any questions that they have. Well, very quickly, we found that over a couple months, if we fix all of the problems, two, one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to go, we've got this. Why do we need you guys? Right? You guys fixed all the problems. We're good to go. Thanks. Goodbye. Or they're going to go well, that's okay, but now I want to do X. Now I want to do Y. Now I want to do Z. And so they weren't happy with that, so they wanted to do more. Uh, and that was more the issue, was customers were going, well, hey, now I want to do this. Now I want to do this. Now I want to do this. And we didn't originally plan on really doing a lot of custom development. That wasn't in my head as something that we would do. I always thought we'd pass that off to somebody else. But our customers, we have this ongoing relationship with them. They really trusted us. They're like, oh, we want you to do it. Um, so that led us going into custom development and then, uh, you know, just going to WordCamps and hearing, you know, other people talk about value-based approach to how they were pricing things really uh, intrigued me. And doing it in a way that it relates back to the actual site and, and their business model and actually produces a result that they can measure, that just, that sounded really appealing to me. And it, you're right, it's a much harder problem to solve. Mm. It takes a lot more time, but like... The best problems are the hardest ones. Mm. You know, if you if you really have to wrestle with it, that makes 
the the victory. It makes the success that much sweeter. Mm. So I think, I and probably I didn't realize how hard it was going to be when uh, I first <laughs> decided we were going to do that. So uh, a little bit of just being naive helped. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, We're going to talk a little bit more about the WP Valet business model and how it's shifted. But before we get there, what what do you actually spend most of your time doing? Are you like on the tools coding or are you doing more high-level strategy, biz dev stuff? Yeah, so yeah, like right now it's more uh, strategy. And really I, I have such an incredibly talented team of people that my I feel like my job every day is I come and I try to find out from them, what do you need to be successful today? Mm. And then my job is to remove any roadblocks for them to be successful. Mm. And when they are, our customers are thrilled and, you know, we just continue to succeed all around. So mostly that's what I do is talk with the team, find out what they need and then see how I can make that happen. It's funny, Rob Walling from Get Drip and Hit Tail said exactly the same thing when I interviewed him, which I think that episode went live a couple of weeks ago. That's exactly what he said. He said, my job now is to remove obstacles for my team so that they can be successful and get their job done. And it's a really interesting space to be in, isn't it? I'm just kind of just getting there now in our business as our team grows and I find myself checking in with my team saying, what do you need from me today to get your job done? And um, I find it, it's a completely different headspace, but I love it. It's really rewarding. Yeah, it totally is. And for me, as uh, I'm, I'm really passionate about support and education, that's always been a part of what I do. So it allows me to do the thing that I love to do mm. while still acting as like the, the the top role in the company kind of mm. thing. It allows me to still uh, to serve and to operate in a way that's comfortable for me. Mm. Uh, it, it requires you to give up the actual responsibility mm. of doing the tasks, yeah. and that's uh, that was challenging and still is challenging at times, but. <laughs> Uh, as you trust people with it, and and they do a fantastic job, even when it's totally different from the way you would do it. Yeah, uh, it's 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 encouraging. You're like, okay, okay, cool. You, yeah, you got it. Let me give you a little more trust then. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's a great place to be. What's the what's the one thing that keeps you awake at night about the business? Uh, how fast we grow and how uh, how fast we shouldn't grow. Mm. Uh, this is all totally new to me. I never planned on, you know, having a team like we have. And, uh, so yeah, just being sensitive to it, uh, how quickly we hire, how quickly we bring on new customers, uh, and, and keeping that in balance, uh, is something that I have not achieved. <laughs> yet. Uh, we go through cycles where it's like, okay, we brought on all these customers. Ah, we need more, you know, employees. Ah, we need more customers. Uh, yeah. so it's, it's very cyclical right now. I'd love to balance that out a bit and, and, uh, keep a good pace. Yeah. And I'm going to make an assumption here that you do have some downtime during the week. What do you do when you're not working? Yeah, uh, I do have downtime during the week. I'm actually uh, pretty lethal with anything cutting into my downtime uh, just because that's better for the company. It's better for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I do, I do a lot of music. I live in Florida, so I love to just go for a drive and, and hit the beach or, you know, uh, right now just chill out someplace with air condition, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a geek, so the comic book movies and that kind of stuff is all cool. All, all good. Awesome. Yeah. Um, if you could wave a magic wand and fix one thing about the business right now, what would it be? Uh, Just one. Yeah. <laughs> That's tough. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I think I think it would be the same thing that I kind of that we try to do for our customers right now, and that's to like remove the mystery around 
the people who are coming to you and the problems that they want solved. That's, that's really general. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think, I, th I think that's it. Like you, you build a website and you're inviting people to view it. They do come, they look at it. Mm -hmm. Do they sign up or do they not? And why didn't they? Like mm -hmm. that's, that's the big mystery. And the more mm -hmm. you understand that, the better you can get at, uh, you know, giving your message out in a way that appeals to people and, and finds the right people for you to work with. So I, that's, we spend a lot of time thinking about that for our customers and I spend a ton of time thinking about that for our company as well. And, and so what do you do? Do you look at like conversion rates of individual pages? Do you look at like, do you split test copy or headlines? How do you, how do you yeah, learn, so, how do you learn about your audience? Yeah. I mean, we do. Yeah. Uh, we just started using Optimizely a bit ago uh, mm -hmm. for WP Valet mm -hmm. even. So you could go there in incognito and, and hit refresh a few times and you'd see a few different header images with different copy mm -hmm. and speaking to slightly different uh, pain points. And you know, just that plus feedback from clients and finding out from them how did things go, what did you like, what haven't you liked, um, that's all really valuable information. Uh, we, you know, and then using analytics to track like who fills out the form? How far did they get through the form? What questions are they not wanting to answer? Yeah, it's just study, study, study all mm. the time. Do you do you, do you kind of get to a point? And I, like, I'm just basically picking your brain here and getting some free consulting for my own business. Do you uh, do you get to a point where you go, ah, there's too much data, and I just have to go with my gut? Uh, yes, and I try not to, uh, <laughs> but yes, definitely, and. Uh, it is sort of like mind-boggling because there's so much data available from just the front page of your site to yeah. the email campaigns to autoresponders, follow-up. Like, yeah, it's very easy to go insane. And the thing that I that helps me is to pick one and focus on that and iterate on that one thing. And I know, like, if you signed up right now, the emails that you're going to get from our site are shit. Right. They are, right? <laughs> but I'm not on the emails right now. I'm on the front page and how our wording there is, is you know, getting a response out of people mm. and emails is coming right mm. and so i think like you just have to focus on one thing really own that understand that and then move into other spaces because there's plenty of data out there there's plenty of you know tutorials and people who tell you here's the you know nine key things you need to do so uh it's there it's just a matter of really kind of understanding what maybe what's most critical and then moving into the other ones one thing at a time and so, do you just take like an educated guess that, all right, well, I think that getting conversions off the homepage is the most valuable thing that we can improve right now. Let's get that right. And then let's look at our email sequence or like, or do you flip a coin and go, well, let's tackle emails this week? No. I, so it's a bit of coin flipping, but, um, you know, like I think for us, uh, in the past year, we've actually redone our website. We're on our third iteration mm -hmm. of it. And that's directly because we've watched the traffic patterns and the contacts. Uh, we relaunched in January with a new site and found that quickly the actual number of contacts we got in, uh, went up 300%. Wow. But the actual qualified leads that we were actually interested in pursuing remained consistent. So all we did was make 300% more work for ourselves in responding to, to initial contacts. Yeah. So we went back to the drawing board and went at it and tackled it again uh, with the iteration that we have now. Um, and uh, so I think, I think you do. You just kind of have to watch whatever data you have available to you and then uh, finding the spots where your data may be leading you to something but that's not actually accurate 
is important. So we, we also play with our sales pitch a lot and even the numbers that we throw out and that kind of thing. And uh, we track all of that. We have a spreadsheet where we just say, like, here's how the person responded to it and here's why they responded that way so that we don't get some false idea down the road that, oh, this is what my gut's telling me, you know, is why we should go this way versus, well, actually, we recorded all of that. And <laughs> here's yeah. what the data shows is why people. Because it's really easy to fool yourself, isn't it? Totally, totally. I'm I. My gut is wrong fifty percent of the time. Like yeah. it's not. I love do, going. Do you with measure it, that? <laughs> no, right? I should. Yeah. I should. I, probably most people at WP Valley would say it's way, it's worse than that. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean I still don't just go. Damn it, yeah. we are doing it this way. Yeah. Sometimes, but uh, yeah, uh, the data is a better better source. All right, so let's talk a little bit about WP Valet. For those that have no idea what WP Valet is, just tell us, mm -hmm. like in a nutshell, for those WordPress consultants and freelancers listening, what is the service offering at WP Valet? Okay, so we're specifically focused on businesses that run on WordPress online mm -hmm. uh, and are looking to sort of offload the CTO role. Mm -hmm. So anything that comes with uh, managing the site, supporting the site, and also deciding what you need to tackle next. Uh, you know, what new features do you need to offer? Do you need a responsive site? Do you need a mobile presence? Uh, answering those questions, that's where we exist to help. And we do it mostly through a monthly, uh, a month-to-month, -month, not a contract, but a month-to-month -month agreement. Yep. Um, so rather than saying like, oh, you need to spend $40,000 and then we're out of your hair, we're going to say, let's operate in your month-to-month. -month. Let's get to know each other first. Mm -hmm. Let's get to know each other's goals. Let's make sure everything's up to best practices. Yep. And then let's tackle the new stuff that we decide together is most important. So, so this sounds at, at on the surface, just to put this into some kind of context, this sounds similar to uh, something like WP Curve or Maintain or WP Sitecare. Is it kind of in yep. that ballpark? Uh, I don't really, I, I don't know a whole lot about how those businesses run, to be honest, other than what I've seen on their homepages when I uh, <laughs> am spying on the competition, right? <laughs> like we all do. Uh, yeah, I think um, the the word that I yell at my team for using that I don't like is actually maintain. Right. Uh, we're not maintaining anything. Right. Our goal is to make our customers more successful, right. to, to grow their business bigger than whatever it is now. So we can meet them at, at a level of, you know, sort of the just, okay, we're going to help you handle the very basics of running a WordPress site. Mm -hmm. But that's not remotely where we're satisfied. Right. We want to get in and be operating at a level that we can take them to, you know, we had a, a client one time say us, well, goodness, I could never spend $5,000 on a website. And us go, well, let us help you get to where you would have no problem dropping 5K on a website because you know it's going to generate, you know, 20 or 50K for you mm. uh, in revenue. Uh, and that's that's our approach. And from what I know, that's a big differentiator between our approach and what some of the other companies are doing. So I think – and also one of, I think one of the differentiators is that you guys actually do custom development, right? Right, so yes. So I know WP Curve don't. Um, I, I think – Think I'm not sure about maintain or WP site care, uh, but you guys started out not doing custom right. development, yeah. Right. So yeah. So I see this, and you you see these guys as your kind of loosely as your competition as well. I see that there's a growing market for people who have a WordPress site who need, like Andrew Warner says here, he sees you guys as like your the, your kind of virtual chief technical officer, right? right. So. 
There are lots of small businesses or even medium-sized businesses who don't have an IT or, or a technical department in-house. Their web, their web dev company builds a website, they launch it, and then they're kind of left with this beast that they need to wrangle. That's where you yep. guys come in. But initially, you weren't doing custom development. So what was the initial offering that you thought would, would stick? Right. Well, yeah, originally it was all about it was it was always from the beginning about creating the monthly relationship with a client because for me in freelance before this we did that we built the site here you go namaste have a great time and invariably three months six months a year later they're coming back mm. and they're going uh you gave me one SEO plugin so I just assumed three would be better but now my site's <laughs> broken right and or you know like just the craziest stuff and for them it's their livelihood it's their business suddenly they have a real emergency. And mm. you know it's it's their livelihood. It's mm. extremely important that it be fixed. And I didn't have any bandwidth to help them because mm. I moved from project to project to project. Mm. And I felt really bad, right? Like I'm sorry, your site's offline, but you know I got to sleep. Mm. Uh, and I want so I wanted to solve that problem. I wanted to say why can't there be a team that's available month to month to actually take care of those updates and to help you make a decision on which SEO plugin is best for you, or you know which form solution or whatever it is. Just be on call in month to month. Uh, but what we found, to your question on custom development, is that customers were not satisfied with just having that, with just having their questions answered. If we answered all their questions, they had higher level questions and they had higher level needs. And what what we found was that if we had, you know, let's say we have a, a team of people and they're overseeing 20 different clients. And one of those clients suddenly goes, well, I want this whole new revamp of my site. And we look at it and it's going to be a 200-hour project. Well, to take that four-man team that's looking over 20 sites and suddenly give them a 200-hour project to complete while they've still got to manage all 20 clients mm. is impossible. Mm. Like That's just an unfair load on that team. Mm. So we actually brought in a, you know, a full other team of to handle custom development. And so we actually have three teams. We have a, a migration team that specifically just goes, we're going to take this and move it over here. Mm -hmm. And that's what they do all week, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's a custom CMS or anything, the migrations. And then we have our support team that is handling all of the accounts and all of the management, all the updates and, and all those questions that come up. Mm -hmm. And then we have a team that just handles projects that we say, that's going to be more than 10 hours a time or you know, whatever the metric is for that customer. You need a full-on custom development team with an agile approach and a project manager and, and the whole thing. So we have those three teams that operate in WP Valet, um, and and our customers really love it. So, so tell me, we're going to talk about pricing and value-based versus hourly rate, right? But tell me this. Yeah. So you guys, you guys don't have like an hourly rate, do you? No. I mean, internally we think about it, but no, of course. We don't. So how do you price? And I, I'm, I'm like, I don't want to get into the specifics. I'm not asking you what your price points are, but I can see like, you know, WP Curve and Maintainer, all those guys, they have like plans. I know you guys don't have plans. It's a more of a bespoke custom um, yeah. proposal kind of thing. So how do you, how do you work out, you know, like, okay, for, for a client to get this from us every month, this is how much they need to pay. How do you work that out? If, if, well, so because the big question is, if we're not charging by the hour, how do we then know how much to charge the client to make sure that it makes sense to them, but we can still do it and make a profit? Right, right. Well, that's that's tricky to find, and it's not something you can ask just via form. Because if you're if you're gonna like try to do value based with that, you basically have to ask them, well, how much money do you make? Yeah. And nobody's just gonna tell you how much money they make, right? So uh, that's not what we ask. Uh, if I mean, the form on our front page just asks questions about 
more about what they do on their site, right? We know that if they are a BuddyPress community site or if they are a site that's getting over 100,000 visits a day or, you know, like we know, okay, that's a different level of need. If they're an e-commerce site uh, and, and also how much they're aware of it. So do, do they understand what the cost of acquisition is for their customers? If they don't have any understanding of that, then we, we kind of know where they're playing. And if they go, oh yeah, we've got that data and we're using, you know, solution XYZ, then we go, okay. So we're trying to find out what their level of, of expertise about their business is. Uh, and that's just kind of an introductory, you know, step mm. to what is a, a long conversation. And for our, you know, like our top tier customers, because we do break it down into uh, sort of three plans um, at the end of it, but they are custom to the, to the actual client. Mm. And, um, you know, oftentimes with our highest level customers, it starts with a, a, a tech audit. Mm. Um, and, and this year we've actually had four or five sites that we've relaunched. And the end goal was just to almost have an exact like line for line, exactly the same <laughs> theme or same site. Just they knew they outsourced it and it was horribly written and they've never been able to update it. They're still on WordPress 3.2. Mm. And, you know, like, <laughs> And so our goal is just to kind of walk them through that and show them how uh, how we operate in a very agile, very high communicative process with them. And it gives them that confidence to go, okay, you guys, you know, it's, that's a really good first date. Uh, if we do a migration for a customer, that's a really good first date. Mm. And that gives them a comfort level for us to be able to take take things to the next level and say, okay, well, let's talk about your business overall. And like, what would you like to see happen? And and get a sense from them on, on where they are, mm. and then that helps us line up the services that we provide that are gonna really and and I look at it as a continuum. Even you know if somebody's on level one over here, how do we get them to level two and three and four and five? Like the, there's no reason they're gonna sit at level one forever. That would suck. Yeah, uh, they're not doing better next year than they were this year. If that's yeah. the case, so uh, yeah, we try to look at it that way. Um, I, lo- <clears throat> I love the way you said that's a really good first date. You know because. Because it, it, it's hard work. It takes a lot of work to get someone to trust you enough to give yeah. you some money. Because what they're doing is they're basically saying, here's some money, which we all know is valuable. Money is valuable. If you put money in my pocket, if you gave me $100 right now, I could go down the street and buy things that I want with that $100. So we all know that money is valuable. But in exchange for me giving you money, I want more value back. Right. Right. Otherwise, it, I'm right. just spending money. Right. So it takes it's hard work to get someone to trust you enough to give you money. So if you can... Get them to give you a small amount of money and then blow them away with the value that you give them. Then it's easier for, for right. to, to then say, hey, we can do more if you invest more. We can do more and we can get you a return on that. So yeah. is that a those kind of – I call them wedge products, the migration and, and, and like the tech audit stuff. Are they Have you deliberately developed that product offering so that you can get your foot in the door and start building that relationship with the client? I would love to say yes to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, go on, you can. I won't because, tell anyone. Oh, yeah? Okay, yes. That's totally was my uh, strategic plan in this whole thing. No, that is exactly what has happened. And I would say for for people looking to, to do it, like to have that kind of like, oh, well, here's a one-time thing that gives you a quick success with a customer yeah. and builds a certain level of trust, that's so invaluable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for us, it was a little bit backwards from that. We were uh, building our support services and we found that – there were all of these sort of odd things that would happen because a customer would come to us and be like, okay, well, yeah, we're going to move you to WP Engine. We're going to move you to Pressable, wh- whatever the solution was. Yeah. And uh, we would, would be like, oh, their hosting works this way. And so they can't have 
you know, customers, they don't know, like they've done something crazy with their theme and it, it just isn't going to be compatible. Yeah. So we actually approached some of these vendors and said, could, could we just have some migrations? Because we want to get better at this. We're having a hard time with onboarding customers and we shouldn't be. Mm. So can we just have some so we could get better at it? Mm. Uh, well, and that turned out to be something we got really good at and became a source of, you know, ongoing revenue where we have a migration team right now. And that's what they do, mm. um, which is awesome. But also we have customers that are larger agencies that will come back to us six, 10, a dozen times with migrations. And after doing 10 or 12 of them, they'll go, so what else do you guys do? Yeah. You know, and it's like awesome. We've had like all of these times where we've delivered every single time and they're totally stoked. So then when they ask what else we do, it's just like, man, such a high level of trust that that we can just okay, okay, let's, you know, let's really talk and have a conversation about the entire business. Mm. Um, but you don't get to just do that. You know, like nobody's just gonna say, Well, here's my books and what can you do for me? You know, yeah. you, you you have to earn that. Um so I, I think I think a product that you can deliver something that shows that you're tr trustworthy right away mm. that that's really valuable. So I think you've just answered one of my next questions, which is I, I noticed that w, at, at one point I noticed WP Engine were recommending you guys for migrations, yeah. and I'm always curious about how these partnerships come about. And I know that our listeners are always curious about this as well. Yeah. Like how did you how did you get to become the the company that WP Engine recommend for migrations? Uh, probably two, two steps to that. Uh, the first is that at a WordCamp Miami in 2012, uh, it was, it was in like January, I think of that year, or February before we launched WP Valet. Uh, I, I actually was at the same hotel as Ben Metcalf and Austin Gunther who were at WP Engine at the time and hanging out at the hotel bar afterwards was where we kind of came up with this idea. And I think because Ben was there, uh, he, he felt like part of it. And so I just automatically kind of was sharing with him as we formulated the idea for the company and actually, you know, brought a service on live. Uh, he felt connected to it. So on a personal level, it was just like, Hey, awesome. Uh, but then, you know, we really liked what they were offering in terms of the, the tech that they were building their sites on. So as we had customers wanting to go to them, we, we just reached out to them and said, Hey, we want to, you know, we noticed you guys don't do migrations in house, mm. you know, can we have some? Mm. I would. I mean, I would think even the first time we talked to them, we offered to do some for free because mm. we really just wanted the experience and to understand better how to get customers onto that. Mm. Uh, and you know, it, it that was it was probably seven months before we came up with an actual partnership where they started promoting us as their migration partner. So it, you know, it's just it's time and relationship, like yeah. everything else. Good advice. How do you know when a client's How do you know when a client's wrong for you? And how do you how do you politely you know, when, how, do you, when how, do you, I hear, how do you politely reject them? <laughs> yeah, so when I hear from a client, <laughs> that means they're probably wrong for us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because uh, they tend to think, oh, well, then, you know, there's something really wrong, and so they should go to the top person in the company. Right. Uh, and my team knows that that's generally a bad idea for them. Uh, <laughs> I trust my team 100%. And if they weren't able to, you know, deliver a solution. It it's more likely something that is not, not jiving. We're not on the same wavelength as that client. Um, right. That's a great. So there's I've, a golden rule that if anyone, if a if a client contacts Mason, the client gets fired. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's like written. Like it's not necessarily. I'm I'm really. I try to be very political in the whole thing. Like I'm not. I'm not mean. I'm not uh -huh. really an asshole. But. <laughs> Like I know my team and they, they do an amazing job. And yeah. so if somebody feels like that hasn't happened, uh, a lot of it's in setting right expectations up front. Mm. Uh, and if mm. you do that well, 
you and the customer both know, no, this is not going to be right for me. Yeah. You know, if, if you do that well, it's when, what I found for me was when we first started out, we would make uh, adjustments to try to help that client say, well, normally we do it this way, but we're going to accommodate you and do this. Well, automatically now I'm feeling like, well, I got to make up for that accommodation somehow, somewhere else. And they're suddenly thinking, well, if I just say it, these guys are going to do whatever I ask. Mm. It just, it never works out. So one, really knowing who you are and what you want to do. And, and knowing that you are an expert in that mm. uh, is, is helpful. And then, two, I think just communicating that so that the customer is able to have a right expectation. Yeah. They know right off the bat, but, you know, whether or not we're, we're the right company for them yeah. and vice versa. And so, so you know, you, you, you kind of have this confidence around your process, right? And if clients – and for everything I know about you and even like on the website, like I'm looking at your migrations form on the website now, right? There's like eight pages to this migrations form and a lot of – experts would tell you that the more information you ask for the less people are going to sign up but you're obviously very confident in the processes that you've got how do you deal with clients who try and beat you around the head and try and kind of you know own their own process and try and micromanage you well i think the the great thing about our space specifically around migrations and support is that when the client's coming to us it's because they already screwed it up on their own Uh, yeah so they all like they have a pain and they're looking for someone to relieve that pain yeah 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 so they're they're going okay, you guys. You, please, yep. I tried this once on my own. Yeah, I tried this with a company that <laughs> said they do it for thirty three dollars, and yeah. it sucked. Yeah, yeah, please help. So we don't have that, and and again, a part of the long form is just like if you don't have the, you know, real like if somebody fills out that eight page form, they're committed. Correct. No way are they going somewhere else. Like I filled out that eight page form. You guys are doing my migration, yep. right? So. Uh, whereas we've had it where, oh, give us your name and email address and we'll respond to you. Yeah. Well, it takes a week of follow-up, yeah. you know, whether or not we ever get credentials and all of that time just gets eaten up by, you know, by somebody on the team who could be doing it on a customer that's actually paying. Yep. So uh, we, we kind of use that to qualify people and to make sure they're, they're really serious about having someone else take over for them. Yeah. I love it, man. You know, one of the things I learned a long time ago is the easiest way to, con- to increase your conversion rate is to minimize the amount of rubbish leads coming into the business. And people yeah. are scared. People are you know, like, oh, you don't want to get rid of our incoming leads because I might miss out on the business. And I'm like, no, 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 that business is not profitable. Yeah, yeah, to- totally. I mean, we one of the other core things I, when I thought of when we started the company was that you could have 20,000 customers at 10 bucks a month, Yeah. right? And you could make really great money. Mm. Or you could have 200 customers mm. at 1,000 bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. And, and like how much easier is it to provide service, really good quality service to 200 versus, you know, 20,000? Yeah. It's, it's just way, way easier. And, yeah. I, and I feel better about the quality of work that we're providing. So yeah. I don't worry too much about how many, the volume of you know leads that we have coming in mm. i'm more concerned about the quality of those leads if they're you know if they're really good then they're worth the effort yeah uh that we spend going through with those clients and and addressing their needs mm. so do you consider this is a, a completely off the topic oddball question do you consider wp valet as an agency uh more and more and the reason i say that is actually because uh, of an interview I saw with Jake from 10 up uh-huh. where he, he actually, I think, I think it was on post status. He talked about, uh, that a lot of their revenue is residual. Yeah. It's contracts that they have with their customers. Mm. And I went, 
that guy's getting into my space. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, he's, he's coming into my turf. Not really. There's plenty of it. Right. But that's yeah, yeah. like when I heard him say that, I'm like, well, that's what we do. Yeah. Right. Like that's where I operate is in the month to month. Yeah. And, and so it made me start to think we're, we're not so dissimilar from yeah. an agency yeah. in that regard. Although we've, we've started from a different standpoint of, mm. of not doing one-time projects of doing ongoing work. Mm. But the reality is we do a lot of one-time work mm. as well. Right. Uh, it just, it's, our customers stay with us, right? They know that after launch, when it comes to time to version 1.01 of the site, we're still there right. and, and able to assist. So I, I kind of, I, I kind of do. Yeah. So yeah. that was my next question is, is do, do you do what, like if a client comes and says, hey, I've got, you know, 25 grand to build an online store using WooCommerce and I heard you guys are really good. Do you, do you guys do custom builds from scratch or do you just take on clients as monthly retainers and then do development work for them? Because of the way we have the site set up and because of our reputation and everything, it's very rare that right. somebody would come to us and not also be interested in a monthly plan. Gotcha. Uh, if they come to us and they, they want to do a new site from scratch, ground up, absolutely. We've done that. Mm. We will do that. Yeah. Um, and and we actually won't allow someone to come onto a monthly retainer until their site is launched. Gotcha. So our monthly services are specifically for launched up and running properties. They're not for somebody who's uh, you know, waiting to go live. Yeah. So, uh, we'll help with that, but it, it is specifically a custom development time and, and our monthly customers get first priority. Mm. So, uh, that's, that's how we deal with it. But yeah, we, we do, we would take a, a one-time development project. Okay. Before we get into the elevation round, I've got a question for you, which is, you know, one of the mantras that I have is the way to, the way to build a successful business is to work out the value you add to your customers price accordingly and then optimize your processes internally to make sure you can deliver that value at a profit. This is something I think you've done very well is optimizing your processes internally. What's like the one, <laughs> he laughs. <laughs> if, <laughs> if only, you only knew, yeah, I've got only you fooled. <laughs> so yeah. what's, the, what's the one, uh, so the question is, what's the, what's the one key bit of advice that you can give us for, for I guess, you know, for knowing which processes need optimizing or for knowing, you know, where the, where the whole funnel is kind of leaking, where are the pipes leaking? What's the one kind of bit of thing yeah. you should be paying attention to there? Uh, I think you have to look at, uh, I'll use migrations as an example. Uh, we broke that down into four different things that needed to happen. Uh, primarily, like we, we need to get in there and assess everything, you know, that's going on. We need to move the files. We need to move the database, and then we need to clean up everything at the end and make sure it works. And we broke those four things down into like 15 steps each. The goal was that each of those different things could be done by one person, and sometimes that person that we hired had never even been online, had never used an FTP program before, mm. right? But we broke it down into its smallest steps so that somebody could sit there, read through a doc, and they could complete their steps, and as long as everybody did their steps correctly, everything would come together. So you have to break things down into their smallest part. Uh, when I was in school, I remember a professor asking us to write a list of uh, teach me or give me the steps on how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And it's simple. I don't know if they, you know, we eat PB&J all the time over here. So, yeah. But what you found was that he then would read them and actually do what somebody said. And, you know, somebody would say, well, first put peanut butter on the bread. And he took a big scoop of peanut butter and he just put it on bread still in the bag. Because <laughs> you hadn't said to take the bread out of the bag. Uh, and so, like, it's that kind of thinking where you break it down into every little, like, what would somebody not do right? You break it down to small steps. And then you monitor it and you find out where is something getting held up. 
Mm. If it doesn't get completed, what happened? And you find, yeah. well, that guy gets stuck on step eight every time. Mm. We need to do something different there. Yeah. You know, we need to explain that better or we need to break step eight into three different things. Mm. And you just watch for the bottlenecks. Where are things getting stuck? Uh, that requires, you know, again, it's data, right? Like yep. you just are, are looking at it and seeing like, okay, every single time we're getting stuck here. So we either need to fix this process or maybe we need to add another person. We need two people doing that mm. to, to keep up. And you just continually watch where's where's the bottleneck and address that. Mm. Um, and that, that goes for, I mean, I'm using migration, but that goes for ev you know yeah. everything that we do from our <clears> part of the business. To, yeah. yeah. I'm curious, I'm going to ask this in the elevation round, but I'm just curious now, what do you use for project management? Uh, currently, we use, uh, we use some of our own stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we've just recently switched to uh, Apollo, mm -hmm. um, which is really pretty cool. Um, because our needs are so diverse, we, we do use a combination of our own stuff, Apollo, uh, Trello, we really like, and then uh, Help Scout is our support desk. Nice. So, uh, yeah, we and we have gone through everything yeah. from Salesforce to Zendesk to, to all of it, um, and we'll probably change again. Yeah. Um, but currently, Apollo is our project management and Trello and uh, Help Scout. I think I took Apollo for a spin once, actually, and I, I kind of really like the interface. We, we use Asana. We're so embedded with it, we just can't possibly move. And, I, you know, it's this thing too, isn't it, being an online entrepreneur, you start using a tool and you love it for about three months, and then you just start to loathe it. It's like I'm sick of looking at this thing. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to tell you how much we've put into internal uh, building our own tool, right. which uh, I, I now think is is – you got to be okay with, you know, realizing that I'm going to pay, you know, maybe four or five grand even a year. And mm. it's going to get me 85% of the way there versus I'm going to pay for full development, yeah. which could go to hundreds of K. And then I've got to have a developer on staff always to keep this thing going. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> you you got to just learn, okay, at this point I have to modify my process and be okay with the tool that I'm using. Yeah. And so Asana is great. I love, I love Asana. We've used that at various points. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to put everything in the show notes uh, in the links that you'll be able to check out at wpelevation.com slash Mason James or one word or lowercase, no hyphen spaces or underscores. All right, let's get into the elevation round. For those that don't cool. know, WP Elevation is a business accelerator program to help WordPress consultants build a real profitable, sustainable business. So I'm going to ask Mason a series of quick questions and you're going to give us a series of quick answers. Sound good? Sounds like fun. Awesome. What's the number one thing any freelancer or consultant needs to know? themselves oh, you that's a great really answer, have to man. know what 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 you love to do and what you're really good at doing it's it's not easy when you're just starting out you don't know that but it uh i i think i read recently uh, sorry this is supposed to be short sure no, go think for about it, it. Go <laughs> think about it. it at the end of the day or the beginning of the day like the shower time like review what happened that day and think about what you did well what you enjoyed and what you didn't that process doesn't happen naturally in our world you have to do it actively do that for yourself to really understand what things you're going to be successful at. And in knowing that, you'll be so much better equipped to explain that value and to find the customers that fit you. It's, I love it. It's great advice. Um, someone, um, I think Casper Hubinger from MarketPress has said the same, or I think he answered the question the same, like the one thing you need to know is yourself and your unique value. What's the best thing you've ever done to find new customers? Uh vendor relationships find find uh other people that are doing something in parallel to you other agencies yeah. other people and find how you can share you know referrals back and forth it's it's fantastic because if they're a customer of 
that agency and that agency sends them to you, you automatically have a little trust. Yep. Whereas somebody cold coming in, they don't have it. So partnerships, you know, vendor relationships, I think are key. How do you stop competing on price? Uh, you don't start. Uh, you don't start from there. You just don't. Uh, you have to find, I mean, part of it, especially in freelance, is just finding, you know, what, again, what, what kind of life do you want to have? What does that take? Does it take 40 grand a year, 50 grand a year, 100, 200, whatever it takes? You know, that more helps you find out what your price is yeah. uh, than, than the competition um, to me. Yep. Uh, but and then I think too, understanding the value of what you're bringing to to your customers mm. uh, is is a good factor. Uh, any tips on writing better proposals? Uh, again, refine just refining what you're actually going to do. We have proposals that are you know four or five pages, and we have some that are honestly like eighty pages long. It totally depends on the project and uh, what the customer expectations are, and you know. The, the amount of work that it's going to be an 80 page proposal is not for one week of work. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, on tips on writing them better, I would say this, one of the things that I always ask our clients in calls and now our team asks is, uh, what are the, what do they feel are the risks with the project? Mm. Uh, asking that question allows you to get a sense of how they're feeling about it and ways that they're nervous. And then if you can address that in the proposal, it really makes them know that they were heard in that and that, and you are going to specifically make sure that you're mitigating that for them. So that's something I think that's really valuable to throw that's in there. That's really good, man. That's uh, that's like some ninja stuff. That's really good. <laughs> Nothing I say today was my own original thought, right? Like it's all, all stuff gleamed. I mean, man, look, just everything since the Beatles things. has been derivative anyway. So, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they were just churning out, you know, they were just kind of churning out you know Elvis and 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 um, and uh, you know Chubby Checker and all all their kind of influences. So I reckon everything's been derivative since the Roman Empire. Myself, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, at least. Uh, favorite tool or system for CRM? Uh, I have not found any CRM that I really love. Um, I've used Base and Capsule and Salesforce. Um, yeah, for CRM, honestly, like we do a lot of really old school stuff. I mean, like spreadsheets with uh, manual calendar reminders that tell me reach out to that person again yep. uh, and rotate customers through so that we are continually making point of contacts. But I'm sure there's good software out there. I just haven't really found it. Yeah, cool. Um, I know guys, I know people that use Gmail as their CRM yeah. with, with boomerang reminders that, you know, remind them every seven days to follow someone up, whatever works. Um, yeah. what's the, I think you've answered this question, but what's the best way to keep a project and a client on track? Good communication and expectations up front. Uh, the thing that all of my team knows, I, you know, bludgeon them over the head with this all the time is setting up expectations. So yeah. if I say to you, you know, it's an emergency situation and you need to handle a support request. If I just say to you, I'll get back to you, we're going to have this solved, that's not sufficient. Because the person's just going to sit there and click refresh and refresh and refresh and ping you again and ping you again and ping you yeah. again. So it's very important that you give a specific expectation. I'm going to get back to you at 2 p.m. this afternoon. Yep. Or if it's a brand new huge custom development project, you are going to get communication from us every Monday and every Friday. Yep. And Friday we're going to tell you what we got done for that <clears> week and Monday we're going to tell you what we're going to do next week. So... Mm. Being very specific sets up the customer to know what success looks like and then 
you know, the whole project's just gravy from there. If you yep. do that right, as long as you can actually do the work, of course. But <laughs> generally, that's not not as big a deal as just managing the expectations. Well, that's you just you just outsource it to Odesk, don't you? The actual work, <laughs> I mean, you just give it to Odesk, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, any ideas for getting referrals from your existing customers? Um, sure. Like, you know, let them know for us, like being in month to month stuff, let them know they could get it for free. Uh, if you have a product, let them know, man, you know, like you could get the next level of this or whatever for free by getting, but you know, by sending us three, four five referrals, whatever it is. Mm. Uh, people, people love that. I, I still do that. If they tell me, you know, I'm going to get a free shirt if I, you know, tell two people about them. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I'm going to. Tell two people that's not difficult. Mm. So uh, yeah, free stuff. And if they value your service anyway, to get it for free, uh, you know, for just talking about something they already love, that's that's yeah, great. It's easy. And uh, what's the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself? Which I must say, you guys, I think you're doing really well in this space because you, I mean, it, it, you are different to what's happening in the maintenance and support and kind of you know that that space. I think you've done it really well. So tell us, what's the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself? Listen, listen to your customers and hear what they're asking for. Mm. I mean, we didn't start out as the company we are now, but we have become this because we listened and went, and I think this is like what Andrew would say is that we've never given up when there's an issue. We go, okay, how do we pivot and rotate around that and solve that problem? So just continually listening to the people who are coming to you and finding, yeah, I can handle that problem and it's something I want to do. If you find stuff you don't want to do, you know, that's, that's a good indicator it's not not right for you. When you say Andrew, of course, you're referring to Andrew Warner at Mixergy, right? Who's yeah. one of your clients. Mix I think we had this chat off camera. I don't know if we've had it on camera, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So you've got, so Mixergy is one of your clients, right? Yeah. Yeah. They came to us uh, right after we got started actually, and have been with us uh, just over two years now. That's great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Andrew's, Andrew's not just a great client, but he's been an incredible mentor and friend and everything else. So he's a legend. I've got so much time and respect for Andrew Warner. I think I'm on record as saying that. I, you know, I have a handwritten yeah. thank you note from him here in the office. I was on his podcast. He was on my show. I just I love the man. I can't wait to meet him in yeah. real life. Give him a big hug and a kiss on his forehead. <laughs> yeah. Are you coming to San Francisco this year? I'm not sure, man. The jury's still out. I've been traveling a lot over the last sort of yeah. 18 months. So I'm, 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 the jury's still out. I'm not sure. Um, right. I might be there. Um, so tell me, what's the future for WP Valet? Where do you see WP Valet being in 12 months' time? Uh, some of that I hope to be able to announce more publicly very soon. Ooh. We have some really, really, I think, completely original stuff for the WordPress space. Let me guess, more... crowd favorite are going to buy you out, right? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's uh, ultimately we're going to get mentioned by Chris Leamana's blog and it's just going to be, uh, no, I, uh, we're, we're working on some really fun stuff that, uh, I'm really excited about and it's, it's more about business intelligence and bringing that to people. So how you get to that value-based approach with development is something that we've been exploring. But for customers, mm. how do they know what it is? How do they know whether that's really going to be valuable? What metrics should they be looking at? And then if they get a whole bunch of data, how do you actually interpret that and come away with some key insights? Mm. Uh, that's something that I don't see being addressed specifically in WordPress. Mm dev circles at all. Mm. Uh, not at all, just the ones that I see. I'm sure mm. there are people doing it. But we want to do that in a, in a more uh, public way and strategic way. So more to come. 
Interesting. Um, now, speaking about data and value-based pricing, our competition uh, this week is I'm giving away a copy of The Dip from Seth Godden on Amazon, a hard copy book. You'll get it in the post. You'll be able to unwrap it and flick it open and it's open it. fantastic and, book. Uh, you know, yep. it is a great book. Uh, so the competition, the way that we, this is going to work is uh, we've been talking about value-based pricing a lot, and this is a conversation that happens a lot in the WordPress space. So what you want to know is from our audience is, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you tell them? What do you want to What do you want to know from them about value based pricing? Yeah, so I'm curious uh, for everybody out there how how important value based pricing is to you. Like, how much do you consider that, and then how successful do you think you are at implementing that? Uh, you know, do you, do you think you got that, and you know exactly how to do it, or is it something that you're you're wrestling with? So this is specifically about getting rid of the hourly rate, so to speak, trading time yeah. for money and moving to a value-based pricing model. Is this important to you? And if it is, how? what are you doing to implement it? Have you had any success? What are the challenges? Leave some comments underneath the video here and I'll get Mason to swing by in a couple of weeks and award the prize. Sound good? Awesome. Awesome. Cool, man. Um, hey, just before we wrap up, what's the number one piece of advice you would give any entrepreneur trying to build their own business? <sighs> Uh, hmm. you got to try like you can't just not do it right like you just got to go for it uh and for me it is going to be it has been a lot of failure so like don't be afraid of that don't let that struggle be what stops you if it's if it's really something you're passionate about you just need to get out there you need to go for it mm. and know that you know you don't know all the solutions until you've hit the problems so, because you don't even know the questions to ask yet if it's something you haven't started. So, yeah. I know you've you've seen that and experienced that. So, yeah, like, I, I'm just a fan of saying, hey, let's flip the switch. Let's go for it. And you know what? If it's a failure, that's just another learning experience. Yep. It's something that you're going to use to get to the next success. Uh, that's so. great advice, man. I love it. It's, um, you know, I, I knew, I mean, we met at Pressnomics. I think the first Pressnomics one, I think. Yeah, we, yeah. We met. Um, and you know, I, we, I knew we just like, we had these conversations over the weekends and we kept kind of being in the same room, having yeah. the same kind of conversations. Yes. Um, and so I'm glad I could finally get you on the podcast. Where can people reach out and say, thanks, man? Uh, I'm Mason James on Twitter. I'm Mason James pretty much everywhere. So cool. that's, that's where you find me. Uh, the WPValet.com, obviously on our contact form there. Yep. Um, Mason James at Twitter. Beautiful. Anywhere Not else. to be confused with James Mason. It is Mason James. Uh, no. <laughs> He's, he has better pictures. But, uh, <laughs> um, finally, who would you like me to try and interview and why? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Vid Luther of uh, Pressable. I don't know if you've talked to him or had him. Yeah, but right. uh, now, is, that, is Pressable, did that used to be Zippy Kid? It used to be Zippy Kid. Right. It's, it's now uh, a Pressable and uh, – I think it would be a great interview for your audience uh, because he is the dev that became a business owner that has you know funding from automatic and like he embodies that uh, wow. and is just a wealth of knowledge uh, yeah I, I would say awesome. Vid's All right. Well, I haven't got him on the list. So, Vid Luther from Pressable, keep your eyes on your inbox because I'm coming to <laughs> Sorry, get you. Sorry, Vid. <laughs> I'm coming to get you, courtesy of Mason James. Hey, man, thank you so much for spending over an Absolutely. hour with us on the WP Elevation podcast. I really appreciate it. And I wish cool. you all the best for the future of WP Valley. And I look forward to seeing you at a WordPress conference soon.
Absolutely, Troy. Thanks again. Cheers, man. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Mason James as much as I did. Mason is just a, just such a genuine, nice guy and super, super switched on, super smart. He's done very well building WP Valet. Uh, of course, for those that don't know, Mason's business partner, Kimberly, is now one of our guest writers here at the WP Elevation blog. So check out WPElevation.com blog and uh, have a look at Kimberly's first article that she has submitted for our blog and give us some feedback. Uh, let us know. It's very much in line with what Mason's been saying. Um, I loved his answers in the Elevation round and I certainly learned a lot in that episode. I hope you did too. Thank you very much to Bluehost uh, who are sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Check out WPElevation.com slash Bluehost to find out more about their managed WordPress hosting um, a service. They now have a dedicated, brand new, spanking new, out of the box managed WordPress hosting service that is built specifically for WordPress consultants like us to host our clients' websites. So check that out. Subscribe to the podcast at wpelevation.com/slash subscribe. And please leave us some reviews over at iTunes. You have been doing that and it's helping. If you now search for WordPress Business Podcast on iTunes, we come up number one. And I'm very, very, very bloody happy about that. So please keep leaving us some uh, reviews. It really does help us come up in the search results. Uh, subscribe at wpelevation.com slash subscribe and you'll get some free stuff when you subscribe. At the moment, I think you get free access to a content creation webinar, which is Worth its weight in gold, by the way, that webinar. If you're stuck for creating content or you want to teach your clients how to create better content, check out the content creation webinar. It's short. I think it's about, I don't know, 35 minutes or so. Um, totally free, so check that out. And everything related to this episode of the podcast, all the links and all the resources and everything we spoke about will be at wpelevation.com slash masonjames, M-A-S-O-N-J-A-M-E-S, all one word, all lowercase, no spaces, no hyphens, no underscores. You know the drill by now. And remember, leave your comments underneath the video and tell Mason and my good self uh, the biggest challenge or the biggest success you've had with valued-based pricing, getting away from your hourly rate. And if this is important to you, let's have a conversation about that underneath the video and Mason will swing by in a few weeks and award that prize of the free uh, copy of The Dip by Seth Godden. Next week, I am... So stupidly excited because if all goes to plan, next week will be episode number 50 of the WP Elevation podcast and I'm interviewing one of my web design heroes. In fact, probably my biggest web design hero who is not in the WordPress space at all, but he is just damn good at what he does and he is a, an advocate for freelancers. He puts out tons of great information to help us all running our businesses. He's written books. Uh, he wrote a book called Transcending CSS back in 2007, which blew my freaking mind and still does. He talks about designing from the inside out rather than designing a theme and then shoving clients' content into it. He starts with the content and designs around that. The man is a visionary. I'm talking about, of course, none other than Andy Clark from Stuff and Nonsense, um, all that malarkey. If you don't know him, I strongly suggest you tune in and get to know him. If you do know him, I strongly suggest you tune in and learn more from him because he's, and, and tune in and watch me get all nervous and tongue-tied, which I'm sure I'm going to do because he is one of my absolute web design heroes. So Andy Clark from Stuff and Nonsense is on the podcast next week on episode 50. I look forward to seeing you then. Until then, go Elevate.